I'm excited that when we experience the tangible, touchable presence of the Lord, that we know how to respond. We know that when the presence of the Lord is moving like He did tonight, that we have responded. And we do respond. Rather than just sit back and kind of look around or or any of those things, we engage with the presence of the Lord. So I'm excited about what the Lord's already done in our hearts and lives. I also want to welcome all those that's watching by way of Facebook and YouTube and global community. Hallelujah. Welcome. So let's turn in our Bibles. Turn with me, if you would, to John chapter 10. And we're beginning a brand new series tonight. From John chapter 10 will be my text. And so the name of the series is called Hearing God. And I'm excited about even the phrase of that because it is important that we hear the Lord. I didn't bring my amen. Yes, I did. I brought my amen button. So let's try it again. I'm excited that we can hear the Lord. Thank you. It works. Hallelujah. So St. John chapter 10, verse 1 says, Jesus is talking. It's in red. He says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. That would be the devil. That'd be the enemy. But he who enters the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep underline, underline this in your Bible, highlight this on your phone or whatever you can do, but it says, to him the doorkeeper opens the door and the sheep don't hear his voice. Is that what it says? It says in the sheep what? They hear his voice and he calls his own sheep. How many is an own sheep? Come on, there's more than that in the house. How many belong to the Lord? His own sheep, we're reading, says he calls them by name. And he leads them out of the sheepfold into green pastures and beside still waters. And he restores our soul. Verse 4, and when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they, they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger. That would be the devil. That'd be an enemy. But will flee from him for they do not know the voice of a stranger. Let me pause for just a second and say, they're not listening to the voice of a stranger, to the voice of an enemy, to the voice of the... It's not that they, they're not acquainted with thoughts from the enemy. I'll say it this way. How many of you have ever believed that you've heard the devil talking to you? <laughs> so it's not that we've not ever heard it or experienced it. We just don't pay attention. We're not going to follow that. You lying devil. We're not going to follow that. Verse 6, Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which He spoke to them. Well, that can happen even in church. Hallelujah. If we don't understand what they're talking about. Verse 7, then Jesus said to them again. So I'm glad it's just, well, they didn't understand what He said, so He just said, well, okay, I just won't talk about it anymore. No, it says that He said it to them again. Let's, let's talk about this again. And it says, um, most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and I will go in and out and find pasture. The thief, the enemy, does not come. The stranger does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it a little bit. More abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his, his life for the sheep, and he did. 
But a hireling who is not the shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he's a hireling and does not care about the sheep. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known by my own relationally. He knows you. It's not just I know the name. But I'm engaging with you. You're engaging with me like we did tonight. My presence will be manifest and you will engage back. By the way, while I'm paused for just a second, do you know one of the reasons that we lift our hands in church? It's not just surrender, though it is. It's not just praise, though it is. But biblically, the reason I heard it tonight, the reason we lift our hands primarily, the reason we lift our hands is to bless the Lord. So he knows it on sheep by name. So if you think you're getting lost in that equation, excuse me. <laughs> you lift your hand and you bless the Lord. Amen. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep, which he did. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, that would be you. Because we were Gentiles. We weren't Jews. I have other sheep which are not of this fold. Them I also I must bring, and he did. And they will hear my voice. So he said it three times in this passage. And there shall be one flock, and there shall be one shepherd. So I want to say it out loud as I'm getting started, and I'm going to make sure I turn up my volume on my amen button just a little bit more. Three times Jesus said this, so if there's any argument about it, you've got to argue with Jesus about it. If there's any doubters, well, he's not ever talked to me, I'm going to help you with that tonight. <laughs> because he said three times, if you're my sheep and you, and you gave your heart to me, I own you. So it is not work to say, I've never heard him, can't hear him, not able to. That's a bunch of baloney. <laughs> my sheep know my voice. They hear my voice. Not hear just my thoughts or just hear and read. Though we need to, I'm going to get ahead of myself. We need to recognize that Jesus said it and so we have to believe it and receive it. How many believe tonight that Jesus hear, he, he hears your voice and you should be able to hear his voice? Amen. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. So, by way of introduction, <laughs> I... Um, I have something that I, I ran across recently. It was from Newsweek issue, January 6, 1992. And this was a main article that was devoted to some sociological studies of the practice of prayer being undertaken in the United States. And this is what it said. This week, more of us will pray than will go to work or exercise. 78% of all Americans pray at least once a week. More than half of that, 57%, praying at least once a day. Even among that, the 13% of Americans who are atheists, they don't even believe in God, or agnostics, smart Alex, <laughs> literally one in five still prays daily. As these studies found, it is widely recognized that a major part of prayer is listening to God and letting God direct our lives but those who experience hearing, God rarely speaks about. Often they have never spoken of it at all, even to their closest friends. 
So how many of you have, don't show your hands yet, and not hit an amen button yet, but how many of you have heard God speak to you? And is that part of the thing that we do? We're nervous about talking about it, and I'm going to tell you why. Because a comedian, Lily Tomlin, said it this way. Anybody remember Lily Tomlin? Yeah. Laughing? <laughs> why is it, she said, that when we speak to God... We are said to be praying, but when God speaks to us, we are said to be schizophrenic. Well, that's, that's some wisdom in that. So we are not schizophrenic when God speaks to us. We are His own sheep. We are ones that are supposed to be hearing Him, right? Amen. So point number one, if you're taking notes tonight, I want to talk about relational, conversational dialogue. And that is what prayer is, and yet so many times we actually are doing monologue prayer instead of praying to God without waiting to listen from God. That's called one-directional prayer when we do monologue prayer. Dialogue prayer is when we have it both directions. We say some things to God, God says some things to us. And there's many ways that God can speak to us and how that we can know that the Lord is talking to us. The Karis Bible student said, Amen. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 14, remember that taught a few weeks back? First Corinthians chapter 14, verses 14 through 16 says, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the spirit, Pastor Antoinette, and I will also pray with the understanding. Otherwise, if you bless with the spirit, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say... Amen. At your giving of thanks, since he does not understand what you say. So I want you to see that I will pray with my understanding the language you talk in, the one you understand. But he also said, in other words, I'll pray with my, with my soul. So when I'm praying, I will also, and, and I really want to see us, as we were talking about, you were mentioning about us, us broadening, us getting larger in. I really want to see us that we not only pray with our understanding, but we also learn how to pray with the Spirit. Not just our soul, not just a soul man. I just thought of the Sanford and Son thing. <laughs> not the soul man, but we're praying with that, with our mind, will, and emotions, that we also learn how to pray with our spirit. That's important. So when we're praying with our spirit, then it's a language that I don't understand. I'll pray in an unknown language that I don't know, or in simplicity, I will pray with my spirit and I will pray in tongues. Amen. Thank you. I will sing with, which is another time. There's also something about singing with. And I believe that singing with our understanding is one thing. And all of us in church, or most of us in church, sing tonight with our understanding. But how many of us sing with the Spirit? Thank you. Didn't ask for a show of hands. That's okay. I'll raise mine too. <laughs> that we sing with the Spirit. We sing with tongues. We sing with another language we don't understand. Now watch. When we're praying with our understanding, we're talking out of our mind, out of our understanding, out of our mouth to the Lord, things we understand. But when we're talking and out of our spirit or praying in our spirit or singing in our spirit, we're singing from our spirit through our soul, things that we don't understand. And I want to prophesy a word. It's coming. It's coming. 
Things that we don't understand, and yet we're not talking to people in that one. We're talking to God. Blessing Him, speaking to Him. Thank you, Lord. So, prayer is not just a monologue or praying in one direction towards God and not taking the time to listen or wait or to prepare to be silent or listen. So, in an example, whether we're praying in English or praying in tongues, we need to stop and let God speak. Okay, I'm going to stop talking now. (laughs) If someone was trying to talk to us, we just keep talking. That would not be cool. Here's one that's even worse. If my mother's talking to me on a cell phone, which she doesn't know how to use very well, but she still uses, and she's talking to me on a cell phone, and she's just talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. (laughs) I could say, mom, 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 mom. Mom, my turn. Okay, so I want to talk for a little while. And, and so you need to know that today really was a great day. It was good. I was busy, did a lot of things, helped a lot of people. In the Lord saw people that was made whole and was healed and well. Went to the hospital. Yeah, I went to the hospital, Mom, and I laid hands on the sick and they recovered. A man that was on COVID and was on BPAC got up out of the bed and left. Hallelujah. And then I would say, isn't that cool? Man, it's good talking to you, Mom. Bye. (laughs) If you don't know my mother, (laughs) she's a very quiet, gentle person. But how many know what a a mom or a wife or husband would do if you just talk, 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 talk? What would they do? Would they just go, well, I'll try again tomorrow. (laughs) What would they do? I know what my mother would do. You mean to say it? She'd call me back. And then she would say this in her soft, gentle, sweet, kind voice. She would say, Terry, did you hang up on me? (laughs) And you can't lie. Come on. (laughs) Yes, Mom, I did. I didn't do this. I'm just pretending, y'all clear? (laughs) Just pretending. But I know she would do. She would call me back. So in prayer, if we lay out our list or we have our conversation or we're talking about I need help with and all these things with the Lord and we make it one directional, then we hang up. What do you think that the Lord would do? He'd call you back. I've had that happen, by the way. I believe I've had it happen. And he wasn't as gentle and quiet and sweet and soft as my mother. It was now wasn't yelling or angry or mad or stern, Pastor Antoinette, but it was a, hey, did you hang up on me? <laughs> uh, and you can't lie to God either. So I had, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Lord, somebody walked in and I just, I just had to hang up. Really, who walked in? Uh, it was the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Have you ever had the Lord say to you this, this word? Really? I've had that. Really? It's like second chance. Don't mess it up. Repent. You know, say it it right. (laughs) Psalm 46 verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I have a quote from Dallas Willard they're going to put up for me. It says this, We were important enough for God to give His Son's life for us and to choose to inhabit us as a living temple. Obviously, then, we're important enough for Him to guide us and to speak to us. Christine Kane said said it this way, I know the Lord is speaking to me when I have an impression 
during prayer that is consistent with His Word and supported by wise counsel. A.W. Tozer said it this way, God will speak to the hearts of those who prepare themselves to hear, and conversely, those who do not so prepare themselves will hear nothing even though the Word of God is falling upon their outer ears every Sunday. He went on to say, I, like, I love this part especially, it is the nature of God to speak. In case you don't know, and I'll talk about this in our next session together, it is also by becoming born-again sheep. We become innately, by being born again, born with the equipment to be able to hear the Lord. We just need to learn how to use it, right? Learning how to hear. My last quote, it is generally true that the closer our relationship with God is, the better we are actually able to hear His voice. It's a good word. So, God speaks in many ways. In both the Old Testament and the New Testament, God spoke through and speaks through dreams and visions. In both, God spoke through and speaks through prophets and prophetic people. In both, God spoke through and speaks through nature, Romans says. In both, God spoke through and speaks through our circumstances. And I have an example. Thank you, Lord. This is so cool. So, Lord, can I have an example of how God speaks through circumstances? And I thought of Jonah. So if you have your Bible, you can turn with me to Jonah chapter 4. And I'm going to hang out there for just a few minutes. Jonah chapter 4. Remember the story about Jonah. Here's a guy that he, he, was, he did not have a very good relationship with the Ninevites. And he was kind of ticked off at them. They'd mess with his family and all this stuff. And so, you know, I don't like those people very much. And so, so the Lord deals with him and says, I want you to go and preach to the Ninevites. And he went, no, I don't want to do that. Y'all ever done something like that either? <laughs> I want you to do it. No, I don't think I want to do that. So Jonah didn't want to do it. And so it, there was a lot of people that lived in the city of Nineveh. It's not like Sherman. It's not like even Dallas necessarily. It was a lot of people though. And so he deals with Jonah. Jonah, don't want to go. Okay, I'll go. All right. So he goes and he starts preaching to the Ninevites and the entire city gave their heart to God. The entire I hear it prophetically. All of Sherman got saved. Think about that. The churches we have aren't big enough to hold all the people that get saved in Sherman, Texas. Hallelujah. In the Twin Cities. <laughs> Denison, Texas. There's not enough churches to hold all those people that's going to come. It's going to get saved. So, so he, he goes and talks to them. They repent. And so then he has an attitude and pulls an attitude about it and gets ticked off at God. See, I knew he was going to do that. <laughs> I don't even like those people. Okay. And so Jonah, Jonah chapter 4 is where we'll pick the story up. Verses 6 or 9. It says, And the Lord prepared a plant and made it come up over Jonah as he's pouting, <laughs> as he's kind of sulking. Prepared a plant and made it come up. Now, I would have liked to have seen that. That had been kind of cool. Where did that come from? <laughs> that it might be a shade for his head to deliver him from his misery. So Jonah was very grateful for the plant. And I like that. Hey, thank you. I mean, it's Texas weather out here. It's 100 degrees out here. I needed something. There's not any trees around here. There's just Johnson grass. <laughs> Thank you. 
hey, life is good now. I've got shade and I can still pout. And <laughs> I need to grow up, but I'm not going to yet. Verse 7, but as morning dawned the next day, so he enjoyed it for the rest of the day, God prepared a worm, and it so damaged the plant that it withered. Now think about that. It's, it's writing in Jonah book. Hey, by the way, that, that plant that grew up that shaded you so much that you really enjoyed, uh -uh. that worm that also kind of took you down, I did that too. Verse 8. And it withered, verse 8, and it happened when the sun rose, Texas, 100 degrees, that God prepared a vehement east wind. I don't know what that means exactly, but that does not sound good. And the sun beat on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. <gasps> what is this? Then he wished death for himself. Come on, dude. And said, it is better for me to die than to live because you lost your shade tree? <laughs> Man. Verse 9. Then God said, come on, everybody say, God said. God said to him. He could have done this in the beginning, but he waits for this little exercise. By the way, in case you don't know, God will along the way of life, he will bring little exercises and little tests along the way just to see how mature you are and see how you're doing. Yeah. And so, a clue, then don't be like this guy. <laughs> Remain grateful. This too shall pass. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what that worm thing was about. <laughs> but I know I enjoyed it for a little bit. And I don't need to talk and be talking about dying. Which says something went deeper than just a, a sour attitude. There was something inside of him saying, it is not worth even living. Because you lost a shade tree? So there's more. He's still mad about the Ninevites. Can you see it? I wanted all those people to die. That 180,000 people, I wanted them dead. I didn't even like those people. So he's still upset, still whining a little bit, still complaining. Then God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about that plant? He didn't bring up about the Ninevites. Is it right for you to be angry about this plant? And he said, Jonah said, it's right for me to be angry, even to death. Man, this guy needs prayer. <laughs> that is messed up. Even to death. In John chapter 16, verses 12 through 13. I want, to, I want you to turn there with me too. John 16, verses 12 through 13. And I want to give you another Dallas Willard quote. It says this. The fact that we do not hear God does not mean that God is not speaking to us. Even at our human level, it is common for us to not hear those who speak to us. Again, John chapter 16, verses 12 and 13 says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, and He has come, in case you don't know, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. I also remember in preparing that Jesus taught the importance or the necessity of hearing God speak to us when he said things like this. His most 
case you don't know, his most repeated statement that Jesus said was, and he said it 15 times in the New Testament was, that he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Mark chapter 4, verse 9 is an example of that. The last last seven times that Jesus said it, in Revelation 2 and 3, Jesus added what the Spirit is saying. He's given us ears to hear. So we need to learn about, we have the equipment, we need to learn how to use it, but the Lord says, so we need to let Him hear or prepare ourselves to hear. And so what are we preparing ourselves to hear? Not only what I believe the voice of the Lord is and can be, but also this part about, this last part, and this last seven things, what the Spirit is saying. And that's a capital S, which is talking about the Holy Spirit is saying. And just to remind all of you that when you became saved, that the Holy Spirit came to live in your spirit. And it says in Romans that He actually, when He came into that door of your spirit, that he, he sealed the door so that it don't go in and it don't go out. I'm going to, I hear it this way in Texas talk. I think I'll just stay a while. <laughs> I think I'm going to be here for a while. I think I'll just stay. So He seals it is what happens. He taught the necessity. And then I have one last example that I want to give to you, and I've used my time well, because I want to say a couple more things. Here's my example. We need to learn how to hear, learn how to hear. We have the equipment, but learn how to hear. Learn that it is. Get confirmation of it's a Lord that's speaking to us. So, as I was finalizing a few thoughts last night. I, I ran across this story, and um, this example is called "Do You Hear the Crickets?" And in this story, I was reading it's about a man that attended a wedding, and after the ceremony was was done, that the reception was held outside. And so, when the father of the bride was going outside just to get a moment from all the the wild, this is awesome. My daughter got married. He goes outside, and he's, and he's out there preparing his, his, his self for the reception that's about to follow, and he sees a man standing over to the side. So he goes over him, and when he gets over him, he said, um, this man said to him, Sir, did you know that you have 18 different kinds of crickets in your bushes? When that was said to him, the father of the bride went, What would you do, <laughs> by the way? Did you know you've got 18 different kinds of crickets in your bushes? (laughs) I can imagine. Say what? What are we talking about? I just came to get a breath of fresh air before everybody gets out. 18 different kinds of crickets. So he said back to the man, he said, I have lived in this house for years and years. I raised my daughter in this house, and she's old enough to be married now. You're asking me that kind of question? I've never heard a cricket my whole life in these bushes or around this house. The man looked back at him and he said, I'm a graduate student in entomology at the University of Florida, and I learned to distinguish over 200 different types of cricket calls with our natural ear. I learned how to do that. That is such a cool story to me. And I heard it landing in my heart, praying over this message and sermon, ending on this with, so do you hear the crickets calling? 
It won't sound like a cricket when the Lord speaks to you. It won't even sound like when you take a natural telephone and put it up to your ear. You're not going to hear the Lord like that. How will you hear the Lord? Primarily, the Spirit speaks to your spirit that comes up through your understanding so you can get it. Sometimes it's an impression. Sometimes it's a thought. Sometimes it's a picture. Sometimes it's a, it's a word. Many, many ways that God speaks to us. But I was thinking, but how many of us would be like the father of the bride and go, I've been around this thing called church for years. I've not ever heard the voice of the Lord. I have an announcement to make. Tonight can be your night. You prepare your heart. If the intention is to respond back to what God says to you, you will hear His voice. It may, in my, in my experience, the first time I heard it, in my experience, it was a singular phrase that said this. I love you, Terry. And it wasn't a resounding. It wasn't a loud. It wasn't a... He didn't have to get a bullhorn to get my attention kind of thing, you know? He didn't shout. It was a soft, loving voice of... I love you, Terry. And I paused for a minute. And I thought, could that be the Lord? Why would I make up something like that? Why would I say something like that? It has to be the Lord. So it took me back. And so I said, I don't know that I can say this out loud in my head. I don't know that I can say this out loud because there's some people around me. And if I say this out loud, what will they think? And I didn't have Lily Tomlin's expression. So I waited until I got in my car leaving church. And I was halfway down the road. I was at T.I. Hill. You know where T.I. Hill is? Where T.I. is? I was at T.I. Hill, the top of T.I. Hill. And when I got to the top by myself, I, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but I turned off, I turned off my music. <laughs> Good old rock and roll. <laughs> Play that electric guitar again. And I went, I, don't, I want to play this the rest of the way. Wait, wait. wait. I, need to, I need to respond. Turned off, not just turned down, turned off. And I'm in the dark driving by myself, going home. And I said, Lord, I have to believe that was you that said that to me. You love me. I'm just trying to do my best to love you back. But, but you love me? And then I paused. And I said, I want to be in a place in my life that I can have dialogue, conversation. Can we do this the rest of the way home? And I didn't do my hands like that because I was driving. <laughs> I get off the exit going to Howe. I grew up in Howe. My family raised us in Howe, Texas, next little town. And took the first exit. I'm driving over a bridge. And as I'm driving over the bridge, I heard this phrase again. 
Except he didn't say, I love you, Terry. He said, Terry, I love you. And I said, I love you too. I mean, if my Carla Sue says that to me, come on, guys, that's the right thing to do. Say it right, say it back. <laughs> so I did. I said, I, I, I love you too. Turn the corner. I'm on Highway 5. Taking my time getting home, but I'm not driving fast or slow. I'm just taking my time going home. And I start at the hill, and I said, okay, if we have this dialogue, I know what my part is. It's prayer. It's called prayer. I know your part is speaking to me. I, I've heard that before. But why would you speak to me? And the, it was the crazy. It, it, what the Lord said back to me, I believe, was, why not you? I said, that sounds like Carl C. <laughs> no, I didn't. We didn't. I don't think we even knew each other then. Well, we, we did because we kind of grew up around each other. But anyway, <laughs> messing with my story. So I, I, I'm on the last part of the road to turn to, to go up three houses and go to my parents' house. So I'm there at that corner to make that turn. And I said, okay, listen, here's the deal. If I know that I know, that I know. It's you talking to me. I'm going to keep on doing this. And I heard the Lord say back to my heart, that's not called faith. You're going to have to have some skin in the game. I need you to trust me and have faith. Oh, mix faith. I heard that someplace else. You've got to mix faith with it. Okay, I can do that. Pull in the driveway, I, I get out of my car, I, I go to the house, and as I'm walking in the back door, my dad looked at me, and he said, a uh, little late tonight, where you been? I said, talking to, uh, uh, I was a little late, I, I, I know, I said, you're a little late, where have you, where have you been? I said, talk, I don't think you'd understand if I told you. He said, you didn't do something wrong, did you? I said, no, sir. But, Dad, I don't know if you would understand if I told you what happened to me. He said, well, try me. I said, I had a conversation with the Lord tonight. He looked at me. He said, the Lord? I said, yeah. He said, you? I said, yeah. I said, have you never heard the Lord? He said, no. <laughs> I said, would you like to? He said, no. I said, come on, come on. I said, it's cool. He told me twice he loved me. And he said, it's so cool. And he didn't scream at me or yell at me. I said, but I, I have to believe. And he told me I need to mix faith with this. But he told me, and I've been talking to him. And I don't think this prayer thing's supposed to be one direction. I think it's supposed to be the other way too. But I need to stop and listen. So dad... I'll never forget it. I'm going to sit down on the couch right across from you in your chair. And I'm going to ask you to take a minute and do what I did. Will you take a minute and allow the Lord to speak to your heart? Because I know you're saved. I know you're born again. Can you mix faith with believing in your heart? If the Lord said it, and there's many ways God can speak to us, but in the voice of John chapter 10, can you hear his voice? And he said, you're not going to look at me, are you? I said, no. <laughs> what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to bow my head. 
And I'm actually going to pray salt, not silent, but salt, and allow him to say something to you. But if you open your heart and ask him, Jesus, I'm one of the sheep too. Will you speak to me? And be ready to respond to that. I believe the Lord's going to speak to you. I didn't tell him what he'd said, all of it. He said, okay, I will. So I slid down the other end of the couch. And I, and I started praying softly, almost a whisper. And I said, Lord, help Dad to hear that inner voice of the Spirit, the Spirit Himself speaking to our spirit. Let Him hear your voice. And Dad said, I got it. I heard it. Let me ask you, what did the Lord say to you? I said, you first. He said, he told me he loved me. I said, me too. And nearly every time I've shared this testimony with people and told them or asked them, when the Lord first said something to you, what did he say? A lot of people say, he loves me. I love you. And since he calls his sheep by name, Many times he mentions their name. I felt impressed during church to have us do our, that same thing in our lives and to bow our hearts, our heart, hearts and our heads. And those that's watching online, that you just take a moment and just bow your head. And let's just take a moment and allow the Lord to speak to our heart. Just a moment. We open our heart, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So I want to pray. Father, I thank you that some tonight for the first time heard that still small voice of the Lord speak to their heart. Some have heard many times you say things to them. They've known your voice. They know your voice. And that is such a blessing and an honor. Some are stretching their faith tonight. The promise is there of your words. That my sheep know my voice. And if we don't know the voice, it's about time we learned how. To posture our heart. Learn to hear. And mix faith with it. I believe the Lord said to me. So Lord, I thank you tonight for this church. I thank you, God, tonight for this message. For some have planted inside of them, Lord, a seed that gives them the courage to go forward. It may not happen instantaneously. For some, it's a seed that needs to be planted. That they have the courage to begin to open their heart. It's just like with our prayer language, what we call tongues. We don't think in tongues. We speak in tongues. And the same with this. If we're going to hear the Lord, and we can and we should, we have to open our heart to it and posture ourselves to respond. So this is the response. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us. Thank you, Jesus, for speaking to me. We give you praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys.